0: So you mentioned the Bridges Academy, where you also had extensive experience working with gifted students with autism, ADHD, ADD, and other learning differences. You said in our Espresso Shots episode that you yourself were diagnosed, I don't know how old you were, with dyslexia, which for those who may not know, means you have difficulty reading. The way your brain sees the letters and the words comes out a different way. So you sure you had to teach yourself how to get around that. For those young people, ideal, who may be considering getting into teaching and maybe getting into teaching in this world, in this kind of special education world, what would you tell them? How was it different at Bridges from the kind of teaching that you did at the Buckley School?
1: Definitely. I want to just tell you my story of how I found that I have a learning difference. I didn't know until I was in college. Again, coming from the South Bronx, I mean, no one knew about learning differences. Either you were able to stay in the class without disrupting or hurting anybody, or you're not able to, so you were in the special needs classes. And when I was coming up through my education, I was doing okay because I always read the exams and the tests and the homework because we were a bilingual school. But once I got into high school, since they stopped that, and my reading processing, I didn't know at the time, I wasn't doing very well. I remember my SATs, I didn't even break a thousand. And I was so worried. I remember my mom and my father. Again, I'm the first one who ever graduated from college in my family. So they're like, graduate from high school, get a little job. That's all they expected of me. That's a success story. I didn't want that because I saw so many of my friends die because kind of choosing the wrong path right in front of me. And I remember, and I want to just give props to this dean, and I wish I remember his name. He came by to Cardinal and I went to that high school, and we were talking about science, we were talking about Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, and how I was really interested in that school, but again, I don't think my parents would let me go to college. And he said you know so much how are your grades I'm like they're okay I didn't break a thousand in my SATs and his words made me cry I remember him saying I want to take a chance on you you're gonna go into RPI you gotta to go to RPI and I was like floored I did my interviews I convinced my parents can we afford to go to college we took out a lot of loans I was working like crazy and I got into RPI I was so happy this is an engineering college in Troy New York and that first semester I failed everything. And I'm like studying 24-7, never slept. I was taking Vibrant, remember that, Vibrant and Jolt. I needed to stay up all the time. I was also working to support myself. And I was also a cheerleader. And I was failing. My mother's like, I told you so. I remember I called my mom and I told you so. And I'm like, okay, crap. I thought I was going to be a statistic. Just join a gang, just die by 21. Because that's basically what was conveyed to us, at least when I was growing up. Until I met my boyfriend, now husband, he noticed that I know so much, but I wasn't answering the questions that I was reading. And he grabbed me by my hand, took me to the learning center, interrupted a meeting from Dr. Brown. I'm sorry I'm interrupting your meeting, but she needs help. I'm all crying. I was just in tears. My boyfriend, now husband, was a learning assistant at our PI. And after several hours of testing, they found out that my dyslexia i could read the words, but I don't understand what I'm reading. Fun fact, every time I, cause I went to a Catholic school, every time I read or read the Bible, I memorized everything. So when they said, oh, well, I was on page 24, I could recite everything because I memorized it to understand. Mm. So from that moment, I remember from a GPA of, a, what, one eight, I was acing everything. And all I needed was extended time. And I had all my books on tape. So that was a pinnacle moment for me because I'm like, I wasn't broken. I'm not going to be a typical statistic pregnant by 16 in the Bronx and then die by 21. I'm able to do this. And I had to thank my husband, Dr. Brown, and just RPI Invest and the dean, especially taking a chance on me. My own personal accomplishment, like academically is not my PhD, is graduating from RPI with uh, cum laude honors and Getting into Caltech because I'm not afraid to work hard. That's never a thing for me. I know it's going to be forever. for. I just deal. I work harder than another person, but I'm so proud of that because I thought I was never going to get out of the South Bronx because it was not a pretty sight growing up there. So when I convey that story to my Bridges students and saying, hey, you could be anything. Yes, you may not be doing well, but you're still learning the skills and how to learn for yourself, because you're not going to have somebody running a marathon if they have one leg. You're not going to take a driving test without your glasses. So you still need your tools in order to be successful and just doing your academic work. And we connected that way. And while teaching at Bridges, I learned how to differentiate my lessons. Everyone learns differently. So while one is a tactile learner to understand certain facts, another was auditory, while another one was visual, while another one needed to live that moment or communicate using song or movement versus written word. So I love that because if we're not patient enough as educators to Work with our students and work with our classroom and see where their strengths and weaknesses are in order for us to communicate and for them to communicate with us. We're going to lose a lot of fantastic individuals who may be the next Stephen Hawking or the next Mae Jameson or Katherine Johnson. I mean, you have to be able to be there with them, mentor them and guide them.